Hey everyone, Diane here, your host of the InStrive Fat Loss Podcast. And today we are going to be talking about your metabolic health and the top 10 things that are affecting it. So today it's mainly going to focus on factors that are slowing down your metabolism that you may or may not be aware of and, and how they're doing that, what the problem there is. Now, before we get into today's podcast episode, I do want to take a minute to just give everyone out there who's joining us for the first time or maybe unsure of what we are. And Strive is a natural homeopathic weight loss solution. You can find a website and learn more in strive.com. We do offer free, no obligation consultations. We are available to uh, help people lose weight and learn how to keep it off no matter where you're at. So this isn't something where you have to be close to, you know, a geographical location or an office. This is something where we can do many, many things with you online and through Zoom and virtual methods. And so, you know, it really is a solution for weight loss. This is not just something that is going to be a diet. This is truly a lifestyle change. The main focus here is going to be number one on your nutrition. Of course, you know, any, any weight loss solution is going to have a a nutritional component, but more than that, InStrive takes it one step further and we help to work on establishing a healthy and natural body chemistry. So the things that are making you weight loss resistant, that's where InStrive can make a big difference. And that's things like a natural and healthy hormone balance, a good pH in your body, a reduction in inflammation and getting leptin, your fat burning hormone working the way it's supposed to again. So if you want to learn more, you can reach out to us and again, you can find us on our website, which is www.instrive.com. You can find us on Facebook, any social media platform, really. And I would ask a favor, guys, if you are listening in and you like this podcast, if you please could rate us, review us, like us, share us, hit that notification bell. The more that you are rating the podcast and sharing the podcast, the higher up it goes in the list and the more people who we are going to reach. And I know that if you're listening, you understand how difficult weight loss can be. And we want to help as many people as possible. So make sure you're you're sharing this and you're liking it and you're reviewing it and you're doing all those great steps. Okay, let's move on here and talk about weight loss roadblocks, the top 10 factors that are slowing your metabolism. The first one is hormones. Hormones are chemical messengers in your body that help to regulate different and various processes, including metabolism. That's one of the things. So I always tell clients when I'm meeting with them and I start kind of discussing hormones and figuring out where your hormone balance is, that hormones truly do control your metabolism. And really what it what they are, what what it refers to, your you know, your metabolism, what's going on there is it's a chemical reaction in your body that converts food into energy. So the hormones that we're going to talk about have specific, very specific roles in metabolizing food into energy. The first one that gets impacted is your thyroid hormone. Thyroid hormones control your metabolic rate. So how fast your body is going to convert that food into energy is regulated highly by your thyroid and they can kind of speed things up or they can slow things down, but has a really big impact on how efficiently your body is going to use energy. Insulin. 
Insulin is a hormone that helps regulate your blood sugar levels. So it helps uh, your body use glucose or sugar from the foods that you're eating for energy. Or if there's a lot of it and you don't need it, it helps to store it for later use. So insulin plays a big role in sugar storage. Insulin also plays a big role in fat storage. Uh, The third and fourth hormones are ghrelin and leptin. Uh, ghrelin is an appetite hormone. So they, they call ghrelin your hunger hormone. The more ghrelin that you have on board, the more you are going to feel hungry. Leptin is, uh, helping to signal fullness in the body. So when you're eating leptin tells you that you're full leptin also basically communicates to your brain, how much body fat you're carrying. It's secreted by the fat cells. So leptin communicates with the brain to let your brain know how slow or fast your metabolic rate should be. A few other hormones that are worth mentioning are obviously ones um, that some of you are probably familiar with. Cortisol, we all know that's your stress hormone, your growth hormone. As we get older and we're producing less of that, it can definitely impact and influence our metabolic rate. Uh, Glucagon, definitely involved there as well. And what these specific hormones do is they help to regulate the breakdown of sugar that's stored. Um, and also of course, fats and proteins that are going to be used for energy. So they, they help to regulate that breakdown process and create the energy that's flowing through the body. So the more your hormones are imbalanced, you can see that that will have a direct impact on your metabolic health. Now, if you are suspecting that you are having issues with your thyroid or with insulin or really, um, you know, any other major hormone function in your body that's showing up in some red flags, and, and most of you will get a good idea of what those red flags are. You know, if you notice that your body is starting to store additional fat primarily on the abdominals and you don't really know why, or you notice that your hair is starting to thin or shed and there's no real explanation, skin changes, appetite changes, mood changes. There's there's a lot of different things out there you can look for. But if you are suspecting there might be an issue, I would highly, highly encourage you to check with your primary care physician and see if they can't do some testing for you. But yeah, creating a balance in and maintaining those proper hormone levels, it's very important for a healthy metabolism. If your hormones are just dropping with age, that's one thing that InStrive and our plan here can really help with. We can help to naturally balance and regulate your hormones. That is one of the uh, things we address with body chemistry. All right, guys, the second thing is lack of sleep. And I think we all know that sleep is really important, but as far as metabolic health goes, it can really disrupt the balance in those, again, those hormones that are going to be regulating your metabolism. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some key ways that not sleeping enough is really going to hit you hard in the metabolic area. The first one is sometimes when you're not sleeping, you will notice that your appetite increases. Sleep deprivation can lead to an increase in that hormone ghrelin and also a decrease in that hormone leptin. So you're increasing the hunger hormone and you're decreasing the fullness hormone. So clearly that hormonal imbalance is going to result in a less than wonderful situation in your metabolic health, right? So it's gonna increase your appetite. And oftentimes that's particularly for those high calorie and very carbohydrate rich foods. And of course the satiety hormone is going to be limited there. You're not gonna feel as full as quickly. 
Uh, lack of sleep turns on your cravings for unhealthy foods. It affects the brain's what we call like the reward center, where you are going to be releasing serotonin and dopamine, those happy hormones. So it really has an impact there and it makes you very likely to crave and seek out foods that are a little more calorie dense or unhealthy, and it can very much lead to overeating and weight gain. You're looking for that serotonin release to make your body feel better. Uh, reduced energy burn. So when you're not sleeping enough, it really can lower all, lower, excuse me, your overall energy that your body is burning. It, it decreases your physical activity level because you're tired, right? You don't do anything because you don't feel great. You're, you're exhausted, but it also impairs your body's ability to just even burn calories efficiently at rest. So it really will result in a slower metabolic rate overall, whether you're active or not active. Uh, it definitely can be associated with some increased risk of having insulin resistance. And that's that insulin resistance. I know most of us think of that when we think of someone who is a diabetic, but the, the easiest way to explain it is your body becomes less responsive to the effects of insulin. So that's going to lead to higher blood sugar levels. And of course, increases your risk of type two diabetes. And also, um, you know, in terms of metabolic health, it, it will cause a slower metabolic response when you are processing carbohydrate. Uh, and then again, we talked a little bit already about these hormones and, and, you know, how they are being impacted by lack of sleep. But one that we didn't mention, we touched on it before is cortisol. Elevated cortisol levels definitely do happen with sleep deprivation. And that does, that's a stress hormone, just so you guys know, if you didn't know that, that is your stress hormone. And stress hormone can definitely promote fat storage, especially on the abdominals. So if you have an excess of cortisol, it is promoting that belly fat storage. And it also, many people don't know this, but an excess of cortisol, high cortisol or stress hormone levels, it increases the breakdown of muscle tissue. It, it will negatively impact what your body is trying to burn and the overall health of your metabolism. So very, very, very important to prioritize good sleep habits and ensure that you're getting enough sleep each night as much as you possibly can, because it truly is going to be essential for maintaining your overall health, but also a, a healthy metabolic system in general. Very important there for maintaining that. Okay. Strict diets is number three. And what I mean by strict diets are the ones that involve like a severe calorie reduction or a very long-term restrictive eating pattern. You know, which ones I'm pointing at there. Uh, it really can have a negative impact on your metabolism guys. When you're following a very strict diet, your body is going to react to that in less than positive ways. Just always keep in mind that every action is going to have a reaction. That's in life. And that's also in your body. So when you're following, let's start with like a very restricted calorie diet, your body will recognize that reduced caloric intake and react in ways that slows down the metabolic process in general, because your body doesn't know why you're eating so little. It just knows you're eating so little and it's trying to sustain you on less. Do you know, does that make sense? Do you know what I mean there? Your body is trying to sustain you 
on the small amount of calories you're taking in. So the burn lowers automatically. That's why a lot of times low calorie diets are ineffective, especially as we're getting older and our metabolism is really slowing down just normally with age, those lowered calorie diets become very, very, very hard to see results from and, and also just unhealthy for you. Okay. So let's talk about what that, what they're actually going to do to you though. What does it do to your metabolism? Well, when I said that your body will lower that burn, that'll adjust, you know what I mean? Lower how many calories it's burning at rest. You might know this, you might not know this. That's called your basal metabolic rate. And I'm sure you guys have heard that term before, your basal metabolic rate or your BMR. And that is just referring to what I just said, the amount of energy your body needs to carry out the most basic functions while at rest. So when you're significantly cutting back your caloric intake, your body will adapt to that lowered calorie level by lowering that basic metabolic rate to conserve as much energy as possible. So what you're essentially doing is you're trying to, you know, get to a place where you're burning more calories than you're taking in. But when your body is burning fewer calories while at rest, weight loss is going to be much more difficult. So it's like a, a yo-yo cycle, right? It's like a circle. It's, it's an issue because the one you do the one to get the other, and then the other actually causes you to never get where you want to be. So it's, it's a endless cycle you don't want to fall into. The more that you're doing that, the worse that your weight loss efforts are are going to, you know, be. It's not it's not going to work out. Uh loss of lean muscle. Let's talk about that. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. I needed a sip of water there. All right. Loss of lean muscle. When you are in a severe caloric deficit, when you're when you're cutting back, you're really restricting those calories your body will need energy. If enough energy is not coming in from food, your body will break down muscle tissue to get more energy. Your muscles break down into glucose. Sugar and fat are the two things your body can metabolize to energize itself. So your body is reducing that muscle tissue. It's breaking it down because it wants that glucose so it can sustain a higher energy level. It's basically eating your muscle tissue. You don't want that, right? We obviously, we know we don't want that. There's a lot of reason you don't want that, but just from a metabolic standpoint, your muscles, when you have a lot of lean muscle mass, your muscles require more caloric burn than fat does. So when you're losing muscle, you're reducing the overall amount of calories that your body is going to burn. So that's going to even further decrease your metabolism because you're, you're getting to a place where the lean muscle that's going to, you know, ca want, excuse me, or need the most caloric burn is gone. And only the fats there, well, not totally gone, but you know what I'm saying. And the fat doesn't require as much. So your overall need gets lower and lower and lower and lower. So losing muscle real bad. Uh, hormone shifts. We've already, you know, mentioned this a couple of times, but I want to kind of tie them into each topic here. So I want you to understand how they're coming in and, and where they make, uh, you know, the, an issue come up in your hormones, where each of these things will cause a problem. So how a strict diet is going to disrupt and imbalance hormones. It basically that long-term restriction of calories can lead to a decrease in your thyroid hormone levels. So we already know those play a really important role in regulating your metabol uh, excuse me, your metabolism in general. 
Um, so when they're changing and when they're lowering that, that's going to cause a slowing down of the metabolic rate. And of course, when you're putting your body under duress and you're eating too little calories, you are elevating your cortisol levels. Those again, stress hormone. So that too will create a slower metabolic rate and also a storage of belly fat. All right. Next thing is restricting your calorie intake is going to cause your body to adapt to a lower amount of available energy. So it's going to reduce basically like non-vital processes in your body to conserve energy. If you got, if you need energy for, you know, something essential, like keeping your heart beating, your body is going to absolutely use that. But if you need a non-essential thing, like fat burning, for example, there will not be a, a burn available for that process because you're, you're just taking in too little. So your body starts to pick and choose what it's going to do with those calories. What am I going to do with the energy available? And I'm going to tell you the life-saving stuff is going to come first. So that absolutely will uh, cause the body not to want to burn additional fat. Uh, the yo-yo dieting thing I mentioned, I want to touch on that again, made a little note here to make sure I revisited that. So the yo-yo dieting and how that ties in to the low calorie, um, diets, the, the very restrictive diets is what, what typically happens. And I think you guys are all going to be very much relating to this. If you've, you know, lost and gained weight kind of repetitively throughout the, the, the cycle of trying to get down to your goal weight, but when you're doing a low calorie diet, again, you're reducing your metabolic rate, you're causing a hormone shift, you're decreasing metabolic health. And what all that amounts to is a body that is going to initially maybe lose a few pounds. Usually, you know, it's five or 10. It's not too much more than that. And then once it loses that amount, what will happen is you'll start to notice a plateau. Things are going to just balance out you're really not going to be losing any more weight and your body then will kind of be in a stagnant standstill metabolically. Now, if you are like most of us, what will happen is you get to the point where you're, you know, on a diet and you get that standstill on the scale and you're going, you know what, if this isn't going to work, I'm going to stop doing it because I'm tired of dieting and seeing no results. So you start eating whatever you want or whatever you used to eat or whatever you like, your weight creeps back up rapidly. Cause remember you slowed that metabolism down. So you're going to gain quick. You gain it back usually plus a little bit. And then of course, the next time that you're frustrated and feeling like, oh my gosh, I got to do something. I hate what I weigh. I don't like the number on the scale. I can't fit my pants, whatever it might be. You will go on another diet and you will again, do the same process. So every time that happens, your metabolic rate gets lower and lower and your muscle mass decreases. And then when you gain back, of course, your body fat increases. So remember what I said earlier, as you're losing muscle, you will have a lower need to burn. So the more times you do that and the more fat you have and less muscle you have, very, very slow burn, very, very slow metabolism definitely causes an issue. All right, next one, number four is a lack of hydration. Ah, oh, so many people tell me they don't drink water and there's so many reasons why you need to, but let's talk about in general, what it's doing to your metabolism. If you are not hydrated, 
I don't think I have to tell you that water is essential for, you know, many, many, many processes in your body with metabolism. It can really affect whether or not you're going to burn fat in a couple different ways that we're going to talk about. So it can cause, so water, like I'm trying to think how I can say this in a way that's going to be really understandable when you're dehydrated, the chemical reactions that occur during the metabolism of food into energy, water is involved in. So when you're dehydrated, those acts, those reactions of converting food into energy will slow down. It causes a decrease in that expenditure of energy because you're not as efficient. It's not going as fast. So that basically means that your body is going to burn fewer calories which of course will contribute to a slower metabolism. Uh, water also is necessary to transport nutrients throughout your body. So it's gonna aid in your digestion process, your absorption of nutrients, the transportation of carbs and proteins and fats that are essential for that energy production. And when you're dehydrated, that transport process is not working great. I always tell people it's impossible to lose weight, to lose fat specifically, if you are dehydrated, you need to be hydrated. So it will, being dehydrated is going to impact the body's ability to efficiently utilize nutrients for energy and circulate them properly through your body. Uh, if you're a physical exercise person, I know not everybody that does our plan incorporates exercise. And for those of you listening that are not in strike plans, Please know that exercise is great, but it's not a necessity on the InStrive plan. 90% of weight loss is diet related nutrition. So we're going to attack it from that standpoint. We do not require physical activity, but we certainly support you if that's something that you choose to do and can, of course, help you learn the best ways to fuel your body efficiently to make sure that that physical activity is having the best possible impact. So let's talk about what dehydration does when you are physically active. Uh, when you're not adequately hydrated, your body can struggle to regulate its temperature. So when you're fighting to, you know, regulate temperature, it's going to lead to an increase in your fatigue levels and a decline in how intense that workout can be. So, I mean, indirectly, it's going to affect your metabolism because obviously physical activity contributes to calorie burning and metabolic rate. But, um, you know, that's just a little side note for you. If you're, if you're a one, um, of my clients or someone out there who's not a client, but you do enjoy physical activity and do a lot of exercise, make sure you're good and hydrated. Cause that regulation of body temperature is very important. Otherwise, you know, there's, there's, there's not going to be as much payoff from that workout as you'd like there to be. Uh, okay. Water is extremely necessary for the proper functioning of your hormones. And uh, again, like I said, I'm going to be touching on hormones in pretty much each of these instances, because I want you to understand how everything is impacting your hormone levels, but dehydration will disrupt the balance of hormones like cortisol and your antidiuretic hormone and those hormones will impact your metabolic process. Hormone imbalances affect appetite, how many calories you're burning, the breakdown of nutrients. There's a lot involved with hormone balance that requires hydration. So you want to make sure that you are good and hydrated. Again, that is for many, many, many reasons, but for you know metabolic health, hormone health, it is very important. 
So let's talk about the last thing I want to talk to you a little bit about with water. Um, your body generates heat to burn calories. And when your body is dehydrated, it's going to have a hard time producing enough heat. That leads to a decrease in a process called thermogenesis, which is basically that, that fat burning process. Uh, there's a potential slowdown in the metabolic rate when that thermogenesis slows down. So it's really important to maintain that good hydration level by drinking water regularly. Make sure you're drinking throughout the day. I, I recommend a minimum, guys, this is a minimum of 48 ounces of water daily. And of course, the, the more, the better, but that minimum, minimum, minimum intake, if you're not even hitting that, your, your body is in very much need of getting some good hydration. So kick that up a little bit. That's only three 16 ounce bottles a day, guys. That's not hard to do. All right. Number five medications. I think this one's almost a little bit of a no brainer, but we're going to go through it anyway. Certain meds have a direct impact on your metabolism and can slow it down. I'm going to take that one step further and say that medication in general, being an acidic compound is going to have an impact on metabolic health because acidity in the body decreases the body's ability to metabolize fat and acidity in the body also will cause your body to create fat cells to aid itself in neutralizing excess acid. So uh, acidic body, of course, is something that is going to be impacted those, those acidity levels by medications because every single medication is an acidic compound. So I'm, I would say all medications influence in some uh, aspect, but let's talk about uh, just kind of certain meds that can really affect different things in your body and slow down the metabolic rate. So uh, many medications that list your side effects, the kind of side effects that I'm looking at on a label that are going to have an impact are things like fatigue, drowsiness, um, reduced physical activities that leads to a decrease in that energy expenditure we've been talking about. So if you have less energy for your daily activities, you burn fewer calories. So that does absolutely contribute to a slower metabolism. Uh, medications also impact the way your body will process and use nutrients. Certain meds can definitely affect absorption and the metabolization of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Your doctor might tell you that it might be on the label. It might tell you don't take this medicine along with X, Y, Z, because it will cause that issue with not being able to properly absorb those nutrients that your body needs. But changes like that, if you're unaware of them, can influence energy production, fat storage, and yes, absolutely can reduce metabolic rate. Uh, appetite definitely affected by some meds. I, I'm, I'm thinking about steroids here. And I know that steroids is a big one that my clients complain about a lot because it's very common. Steroids is very, um, often used if you're having any kind of like major sinus issues. Sometimes if you're having, um, like a respiratory issue or you know, severe asthma, you know, there's lots of things they'll use steroids for, but they definitely do increase the appetite. They're not the only ones, not the only ones. A lot of meds can increase appetite, food cravings. They can impact your uh, fullness signal, that, that satiety signal we were talking about. So they can increase your appetite. They can decrease your appetite. They can lead to changes in your food intake. And if you're consuming more or less food than usual due to a medication, 
it can and likely will impact that overall energy balance and potentially have an effect on your metabolism. Uh, I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole, but I do want to give you guys an example of that in a weight loss standpoint. Okay. So I'm going to pick on a weight loss medication right now, but not Ozempic guys. I know that's the new one, which I have my own thoughts on, but maybe we'll save that for another episode. The one I'm going to talk about today is going to be uh, Fentramine. Fentramine was probably the most popular weight loss medication out there prior to uh, the Ozempic Wegovi, you know, uh, wave that's kind of been going through now that people are hearing all about. And, and of course, it's gaining popularity. Um, I'm not going to touch too much on that today. I'm going to tell you that if you, that is something you are considering, please, please, please educate yourself. Know what it does, know the risks, know the benefits, know what happens when you stop taking it, educate yourself. If something sounds like it's too good to be true or too easy or too quick of a result, chances are very high. There's a, there's a flaw in the design. So again, we might talk about that at some point. Right now, what I'm going to pick on a little bit is fentramine. And I'm only going to pick on that because I want you to understand how a medicine designed for weight loss can still cause a metabolic problem. Fentramine is basically um, almost like a, a, a speed type of medicine to your body. So it revs everything up, right? It's an upper. You get a lot of energy. You get a lot of um, you know, pep and you feel very alert and awake. And, you know, sometimes it can make your heart race and sometimes it can make you short of breath and sometimes it can make your thoughts race. But the point is you feel speedy, 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 speedy. Everything is high, 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 high energy. Your metabolism is high energy too. And you also will get a very strong decrease in your appetite because one of the big things that fentramine does is it causes your brain to not need that serotonin and dopamine fix that comes from food. So it kind of shuts down the production of many of the hormones. It impacts ghrelin, it impacts um, that hunger hormone, and it does impact the cravings because again, your body is not kind of jonesing for that serotonin and dopamine release when you're taking it. Sounds great, right? Okay, and yeah, people sometimes lose quite a bit of weight on it, but here's the drawback. It didn't really speed up your metabolism, guys. And that particular medication is really only safe to take for about six months out of the year. So when your doctor cuts you off and tells you you can't take anymore because it's not good for you, what's going to happen is your metabolism, because you have been eating very little, right? No appetite, not eating too much. You've been losing muscle right along with fat. And when push comes to shove at the end of the day, when you're off that medicine and you start eating normally again, you have a much slower metabolism than you did to start with in most cases, unless you've been very careful about the method in which you're losing weight using that medicine. Most people, they're just not eating. They're not eating very much at all. So you end up gaining back. Usually everything you've lost plus some. It's a very... Um, slippery slope with things like that, because as good as they sound initially, they can really wreak havoc in the long term on that metabolic health. Okay. I just kind of wanted to share that with you. So you kind of see the cycle there and how even a medicine that's known for its effects on weight can still be something you want to be really careful with. 
because the long term, it's really you really need to think about: is this going to be sustainable? Can can I keep that weight off, or is this just a very temporary fix? Is it going to make things worse in the long run? Uh, let's talk just a little bit about specific meds. You know, I'm not going to go into like um, you know what particular medicine or, or brands or anything, but I am going to say that different types of medications are very much known for having unique effects on your metabolism. And those would be like antidepressants or antipsychotics. They're, they're kind of known for causing some weight gain and some metabolic changes. Um, so, you know, there, there can definitely be certain types of meds that are more likely to cause a gain. And if you are, let's say that, you know, you, you are looking into going on an antidepressant, and you want to make sure it's not one that's going to have too much impact on that. Just have that open communication with your primary care physician. Let them know that you're concerned about the impact on your weight and uh, talk that through with them. See which ones would be best based on that. Always, 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 if you have concerns about any medications and how they might be affecting your metabolism, the best thing to do is consult with your healthcare provider. They will give you the best advice and the best guidance. Never just kind of self uh, you know, self-diagnose or take yourself off anything or put yourself on anything without the help of your doctor. All right. Next one is going to be lack of carbohydrate. So carbohydrate is a very primary source of energy for your body, right? Sorry guys. I needed another little sip of water. I do a lot of talking on this podcast, so I have to hydrate. Ha, see what I did there? Hydration. Okay. Lack of carbs. Uh, all right. So carbs can be turned into energy. Body runs on sugar or fat. So when you're significantly reducing your carb intake or you're cutting them out altogether, right? You're, you're full-blown keto Atkins, whatever. That can really affect your metabolic health. It can really slow down your metabolism. So the thermic effect of food, which is Again, the energy expenditure, how much energy it's requiring to digest and absorb and process, you know, the foods and get those nutrients in your body. Carbohydrates have a higher thermic effect compared to fats and proteins. What that basically means is that your body burns more calories digesting carbs. So when you're cutting carbs out, you're reducing that thermic effect. You're, you're reducing back that overall calorie expenditure. Uh, so that's one thing. It, it has been tied to a decrease in your thyroid hormone levels. So carb restriction in, can influence that. So your thyroid hormone production is obviously very crucial in regulating your metabolism. We talked about that. But when your carb intake is low, your body sometimes responds by lowering thyroid hormone levels, and that's going to slow down your metabolic rate pretty quickly. Um, definitely, it will create a scenario where you are seeing muscle loss. We are looking uh, at that happening because, again, your body needs carb. It needs it's a macronutrient that's essential guys. That's the thing to remember. Carb is not an enemy. It's important to your body. And when you're severely limiting it, it's going to cause an issue with muscle loss, especially if your protein intake is also inadequate. A lot of times people go on these high protein, low carb diets, but they don't fully understand how much protein they actually need. It's not wise to just jump into something like that and hope for the best. That's not going to be a good result for you. 
your muscles are a metabolically active tissue that requires energy to maintain. So when you're losing muscle mass, your body's overall energy burn is going to go down and your muscles are made of glucose. There's glucose in there. That's where it's stored. So when you're cutting out carbohydrate, one of the places your body can get it is from your muscles. Uh, all right. So your body, when you're on a low carb diet for a long time is going to adapt. That's, that's a big thing to learn is, you know, your body is smart. Your body will pretty much adapt to most things you throw at it. That's the reason why on a low calorie diet, your metabolic rate is dropping. Well, on a low carb diet, your overall burn is going to drop. And that is, again, going back to that adaptive thermogenesis we talked about where there's a decrease in those non-vital processes. So the things that don't absolutely have to happen your body's not going to do because it's trying to conserve energy to compensate for the fact that you've reduced the energy intake. You're, you're giving it less than it needs. So it is slowing things down. So that will absolutely lead to a slower metabolism. Uh, all right. Cutting carbs out will change hormone levels here. Again, we're talking about that tie. So your hormones like insulin and leptin, especially are very much uh, impacted Low carb diets will lower your insulin levels, but that may not be what you want guys, because it's going to increase your insulin sensitivity. Increasing insulin sensitivity is not a good thing. That is one of the things that leads to type two diabetes. So it's going to impact how your body breaks down and how it stores. And, and it, it definitely will change some things there in a non-beneficial way. It can cause a little bit of that, that insulin resistance to start happening. Uh, also, it can influence your appetite, your um, energy levels, as far as like whether you're feeling low energy, tired, what it's utilizing for fuel. Just keep in mind, guys, please, that eliminating an essential nutrient from your diet is not advisable. There are much, much better ways to lose weight in a sustainable method. You need to adopt some balance. There has to be a sustainable approach to nutrition. There has to be a balance in those macronutrients. That's what's going to create metabolic health, not some magical you know, um, trick that you're playing on your body saying, okay, you run on sugar or fat. Well, let's just eliminate all the sugar. What's left? Here you go. It sounds good in theory. And yes, I am not denying people lose weight initially, on a diet where they cut out carb, but guess what? They gain it right back. The minute that they start eating carbohydrate again, that weight is regained. You're not changing your metabolism. You're tricking your body into fat loss. And that trick is only going to last so long. That's not a sustainable method. Never, ever try to lose weight in, in a method that you can't keep doing. If that's not something you can live with forever, or you should live with forever, you shouldn't be doing it. All right. Number seven, skipping meals or changing your meal patterns, uh, that's going to disrupt your circadian rhythm. Your body has this whole internal clock thing. <laughs> You've heard of it, known as your circadian rhythm, and it regulates different physiological processes that are happening, and that includes your metabolism. So when you start changing meal times or skipping meals, you start throwing that off. That's kind of why when people change their work schedule and they're working overnight, instead of working over the day, it kind of messes everything up. They're eating at different times. They're sleeping at different times. 
it literally will lead to a metabolic disturbance. So um, irregular eating patterns, especially as we are getting older and our metabolism is naturally slowing a little bit, it's going to confuse your body's internal clock quite a bit. And it will affect the timing of different metabolic processes. So it causes a disruption there. You might notice that you're increasing weight without really changing anything else. Uh, definitely an increase in fat storage if you're skipping meals. Because if you're going long periods of time without eating, that's going to trigger a stress response in your body. Your body doesn't know why the food is scarce. All your body knows is that it needs to start conserving energy and it will store more fat. Period. End of story. It slows down your metabolism and your body adapts to what it sees as a lack of essential nutrients. Going long periods without eating will not in any way result in sustainable weight loss. Just think about what I just said. Rewind it if you need to. Listen to it again. Understand how much sense that makes. What happens inside when you do that and why? It makes total sense if you think about it and it and it really shows you why that's not a a method you want to use when you're trying to get to your goal and stay there definitely we'll have some muscle loss if you're skipping meals uh, or consistently going without eating again we talked about this your body can break down muscle tissue for energy there's glucose in there so uh, that will absolutely cause your body to lose muscle and again start slowing that metabolism uh because muscle burns more calories than fat does all right, let's talk about the hormones now because I told you I would. Meal timing and frequency will impact the release and balance of insulin, ghrelin, and leptin. Leptin, excuse me. So if you're doing like irregular eating or you're skipping meals, that will disrupt those normal patterns that you have that are you know helping with your appetite, with you feeling full, with you, the energy balance and where and how you're burning. So that can cause to some imbalances that contribute to either a weight gain or a slowing of the metabolic system. So you, you want to be careful with big changes in meal timing. And definitely you don't want to be skipping meals. Always think of your metabolism like a fire. And just like a fire, your metabolism needs consistent fuel to keep burning. All right. Number eight, chronic stress. Uh, chronic stress is going to increase your cortisol levels cortisol is that stress hormone. It's produced by the adrenal glands. And when it's elevated, it can lead to a lot of different metabolic changes. So, you know, while it is essential for a, a short-term stress response, a prolonged high cortisol level will contribute to dysfunction in the body, metabolic dysfunction included. Um, so as far as the, the negative things, well, muscle loss. We already kind of talked about that. Chronic stress will elevate those cortisol levels and it will lead to that muscle breakdown. When your body's stressed, your body will break down muscle tissue because it's trying to get at the amino acids and uh, the glucose for energy production. So muscle, again, metabol metabolically active tissue, it burns a lot more calories. The more you're breaking down, the worse your metabolism is. Uh, okay. It can slow down your thyroid function. Chronic stress is going to affect the production of your thyroid hormones. And of course, those play a really big role in regulating your metabolism, that, that basal metabolic rate we were talking about earlier. You don't want to disrupt that. It can definitely increase food cravings. Excuse me, when you're stressed, a lot of times you might crave high calorie, high sugar foods. A lot of that has to do with a uh, release of serotonin and dopamine that occurs when you consume them. Your body is, is really wanting that. So uh, that can definitely increase 
weight gain. It can contribute to a slower metabolic pattern. And of course, stress can mess up your sleep patterns. And we already talked about how not getting enough sleep is going to change how your body is processing metabolically. So looking for ways to manage stress through uh, whatever stress reduction technique works for you or lifestyle change, you know, seeking help and support from a qualified person or a friend or family member if you need to. But that managing of stress will absolutely lead to much higher metabolic health than just letting it run rampant. Two more things, guys, we're almost there. Number nine, a high fat diet. So if you are consuming foods that are very high in um, fat and not very nutritious, you, you know the kind of foods I'm meaning here, like your high saturated fat foods, your burgers and your you know uh, fried foods, fast foods, just really the stuff that is very low nutrient and very uh, high fat, high calorie your body will burn fewer calories to digest and process fat compared to the other nutrients, your, your, uh, your protein and carbs. So a high fat diet leads to an overall lower energy burn. It also will potentially slow down your metabolism because fat is um, a high number of calories per gram of the food. So over time, when you're consuming that, your body will obviously be contributing to more of a fat gain, which of course, remember, the more fat, the slower the metabolism, the more muscle, the quicker. So if your body fat's going up, that's going to contribute to a slower metabolism. Uh, impaired insulin sensitivity, there's where that um, hormone is going to come into play here. It's definitely going to cause an imbalance in that. Uh, it, it definitely also will affect leptin, which regulates your appetite. So if you are um, not getting that satiety signal, basically means that you keep right on eating and you overeat. And of course, fat storage and slowing down the metabolism is, is a risk for that. Um, so you don't want to, you don't want to be eating too much of those kind of foods. You know, they, they definitely do have a lot of negative impact on the metabolism and balancing your diet again is key. Just making sure that you have a moderate intake of healthy fat along with your other key nutrients. And that's what's gonna keep that metabolism good and healthy. Last one, number 10, lack of calcium. Calcium plays a crucial role in many processes in your body and metabolic system is, is no uh, exclusion to that. It's necessary to help uh, certain enzymes that are involved in that production of energy and that breakdown of food. So those enzymes that are responsible for basically taking the food you're eating and making it usable energy without enough calcium, those reactions just aren't as efficient. So it kind of slows everything down. It leads to a slower metabolism, excuse me, and a reduced burn. You, you lower, again, that energy production. Uh, it does have a very big part in regulating your hormone levels. So when your calcium levels are low, it's going to disrupt the balance of a lot of those hormones we talked about that are going to be influencing metabolic health, like insulin, like your thyroid hormones. Uh, it, it causes an issue where if those particular hormones are imbalanced, how your body is going to utilize the nutrients in the food, store fat, regulate energy, all those things are affected, which of course the, the overall outcome is a slower metabolic rate. Um, Low calcium is going to have 
an impact on an increased fat storage in the body, that's because calcium is involved in basically signaling your fat cells to release the stored fat to be converted into energy. But when your calcium levels are not sufficient, that signal is not functioning very well. It's impaired. So that leads to more fat being stored instead of being burned. And it also, again, a potential slowdown of the metabolism. Cause again, we, we talked about that. The fat burns less calories. All right. So calcium of course is also good for your bone health. And you know, the other thing to keep in mind is acidity in the body. And I, I don't want to go too far into this. There's a lot of episodes that talk about it, but one of the essential nutrients that is leached from bones, organs, teeth, you name it, and also is responsible for uh, a fighting of the fat burning process is calcium. When your calcium levels are low, your body is more acidic. Calcium is one of the uh, alkalizing minerals that your body is looking for when it's trying to reduce some of that excess acidity. So make sure you are getting a good amount of calcium in your diet. It's important to consume foods that are rich in it or consider a supplement. If you're not, if you're not getting enough, consider a supplement. If you don't know what kind of supplement you should be taking, consult with your healthcare provider. If you're an InStrive client, you can also talk to your coach and we can help guide you to what would be best. But always, you know, with anything, if you're going to add in anything into your diet that you didn't take before, it is of course, always, always, always best to run that by your physician first. All right, guys, that is going to do it for today's episode of the InStrive Fat Loss Podcast. That is the 10 reasons why your metabolism might be taking a dive in the wrong direction, the things that are slowing it down and what we can do to start getting it back in place. Some of them very, you know, pretty, pretty easy to do. Some of them may be a little bit harder, but again, if it's something that you need help with and you're an InStrive client, please reach out. We're here to help you. If you're not an InStrive client, you want to know how you could become one, check out those resources we mentioned in the beginning. Go to the website, go to the social media, get a hold of us. You'll have a free no obligation consultation. Won't cost you a thing. You'll meet with me or one of our other specialists here and we can help start guiding you toward a plan that's going to get you where you want to be and keep you there in the healthiest way possible. All right, guys, that's going to do it. I will see you next week on the InStrive Fat Loss Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day.